everybody and welcome to this episode of Cold Talk. I am your host Cole Martin. Thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow it on Twitter and like it on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there you can message me questions or topics like to hear on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button together so when the newest episodes are released. Uh, these podcasts are available on all major pla- uh, platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Deezer. Also, I want to thank my brother Landon Martin for the amazing artwork on the page. And to see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at M R F A N C Y L A N. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite, and it was titled Tuesday as they got their schedule moved around a little bit uh, because of all the major sports going on right now with NHL, MLB, and NBA. So they had had a special Tuesday night episode, and of course, them going head-to-head with uh, NXT that night as well. Uh, So a lot of things happening on Tuesday night, but AEW uh, trying to put out a big show on Tuesday night. I believe it was four title matches on the night. Uh, a lot of great action. Uh, we'll get right into it. We'll go right to the main event of the night, which is a major talking point on the night. And that was the AEW World Championship match between John Moxley taking on Adam Hang- Hangman Adam Page. Uh, of course, this, ma- this show being in uh, Cincinnati, a uh, big opportunity for John Moxley to f- compete in front of his hometown, especially defending his championship uh, against uh, the former AEW World Champion Adam Page, and this match picked up quickly in this one, as as uh, Moxie was coming out to the ring, Page would go into the crowd and start fighting him out there before they'd make the finally make their way to the ring, and uh, the match would begin. A uh, very physical match between these two, going back and forth on each other, and of course, like every other match that John Moxie's in, somehow he physically starts just bleeding from the forehead. Uh, these two just started laying each other out with big moves, but again, the talking point on the night, uh, we've seen John Moxley go for a lariat, uh, that would al- have uh, Hangman end up landing on his head. Uh, out of nowhere, we see quickly seen a doctor get in the ring. A ref talked to, to him real quickly. A uh, ref got in the ring quickly. And shortly after that, uh, the match was called for an injury to Adam Hangman Page. Uh, of course, Hangman, uh, it sounds like he is all right now. Uh, but at the moment, he was could not was not moving in the ring. He was... Uh, they had to loosen the bottom rope to get him out of the ring and... He was stretched out of the arena. Uh, it sounds like he, from what I've heard, he's had a concussion. So he is somewhat all right. So it's good to hear there's no serious injury. Uh, so he'll probably be out for about a month uh, recovering from the concussion that he suffered. Uh, but glad to hear it was nothing serious for Hangman. Good to hear. Again, Moxie retaining the title. Uh, but with some time still left on TV, they had to fill it in some way. Uh, Moxie was cutting a promotion the best for Paige and then called out MJF. And then, of course, he comes right out. He brings a ref with him with a chip, so it looked like he's about to cash in and possibly have that match on the night. Uh, but he instead rolls out and says he's only going to cash chip in when he feels like he's ready and he feels like he's gonna, said he's going to cash in at full gear on November 19th. So we have now set up our main event for the November 19th pay-per-view. Uh, so we have MJF taking on Matt John Moxley and the champion uh, vowed to prove uh, he's the most dangerous person in the ring pretty much when he is in there and he week in and week out does prove that John Moxley's just been on a rampage uh, taking control of AEW and being the top guy in AEW and great job by both these guys filling the time that they needed to do uh, with Hangman being hurt. Uh, they did have time to fill and they did a great job doing it. I don't know. It's, I believe this was planned because at one point we've seen uh, 
MJF in the top of the arena sitting there and then he just disappeared. So I believe at the end of the show he was supposed to come out and uh, act like he was in the cash-in against Moxley. But with everything that happened, he couldn't really do it. So, again, kind of leads to them having to fill time. And that's what I think they did with the ref and acting like there was supposed to be a match when he was just supposed to go out there and say, I just want this match on this date. Uh, so good job with both these guys in this one. Again, uh, glad to hear nothing serious for Hangman and his injuries. So, again, great to hear that. Again, I expect him to probably be out for a month if he has a concussion or so. So, we wish him the best. Can't wait to see Adam Hangman, uh, Hangman Adam Page back on TV again. Uh, but again, John Moxley retains his title due to stoppage. So, again, Moxley uh, will now be waiting here about a month to take on his next challenge for the AEW World Championship, which will be MJF. A lot of people got to expect that the winner of this one will be MJF uh, with the run he's been on as well. And speaking of that run, we'll talk about his promo on the night. As earlier in the night, him... Uh, William Regal joined Tony Savano uh, in the ring, Savani in the ring, and for a promo. But MJF would interrupt, do a huge response from the crowd, which is always great to hear because everybody just loves MJF. Even heel or face doesn't really matter. He is just absolutely incredible, and this promo was absolutely incredible as well. As he recalled his experience with being a WWE extra, uh, promising when during during that he uh, had a chance to be back, be an extra, but during the being that extra, they had matches to try to let people test out uh, the WWE people be able to check out and see how good they are in the ring and if they deserve a contract at all. Uh, during MJF's match, he was pulled aside by William Regal, and Regal said at that point that he has everything it takes to be a superstar, uh, that he promised him that he would get him a job that day in WWE, even though he was 19 years old. He said he was going to get him a job some way, somehow, uh, and obviously that did not happen at all. He, he told them that, I think it, I think it was, was when he told him he was 19 years old, that he told them to keep sending him video clips of him doing promos, keep sending him clips of him wrestling, and at some point they were going to hire him into WWE. And to the point where Regal sent him an email saying that he was, something about him not being good enough or somewhere around those lines yet, that he wasn't ready to be in WWE and stuff like that. And it pretty much, MJF said it pretty much ripped him apart and destroyed him and made him want to quit wrestling and almost made him <laughs> say pretty much want to make him kill himself at that point, getting that email from William Regal. And pretty much, uh, MJF, when I'm saying, quote, I'm a generational talent, I'm the guy that your former employers would would be willing to take several human lives to put, have put pen to paper. Uh, so, and pretty much go over that. WWE, the big, he wanted to talk about the bidding war a bit as well in 2024, that WWE is going to give everything they possibly can to make sure they get MJF on the roster. Uh, and continue to talk about how pretty much William Regal was this horrible guy for not signing him and had the whole crowd pretty much turn on William Regal. But it was an absolutely incredible promo, fueled with emotion, fueled with probably, it sounds like the truth of what actually happened in his career. So a very incredible thing, and pretty much MJF ended it by saying, every single day I look at that email that you sent me, and I use it as fuel for myself to prove to everybody that I am the best wrestler in this company. And again, it was absolutely incredible. And Regal's response was, it, plucked, it, it was a bloody, if a bloody email is what it took, then you had held on to it for seven years, then you had it easy. Is what Regal's response was. He went over his career and how he grew going into WWE and how he was on a, in a circus or something. Uh, getting beat up by all these people and all that before finally making it to WWE. 
So uh, both these guys letting know their past stories of how they got to the company where they are today. Uh, very, very, very great information and things that maybe not know about these guys' career and how they got there. Uh, but again, absolutely incredible job by both these guys in this one. Possibly one of the best promos of the year, uh, if not the best promo by MJF of the year. And it was just all truth. It was a truth by both these guys are speaking. Uh, they had a history between these two and they used it. Uh, very incredible stuff and made you feel more for MJF. Uh, but again, absolutely, this is this is not easily, but maybe the best part of the show was this promo. Uh, it was, again, just so heartfelt. You felt the emotion from MJF. You just felt everything from it. And kudos to both these guys for putting on a hell of a reaction to this for the crowd to take part of and everybody at home to take part of. And again, it was it was absolutely just incredible. So great job, MAF, MJF. Again, he's already got a match set up for the AEW Championship now. As many believe that him setting up that match for that uh, championship at uh, the pay-per-view instead of doing it right there while Moxie was hurt was because of what William Regal said. So again, we'll see what happens here at November 19th. But again, I do expect MJF to win the AEW Championship that night. Next, we'll talk about our other World Championship on the line tonight as the Ring of Honor Championship was up for grabs as the champion Chris Jericho, the Ocho, taking on Dalton Castle. Uh, pretty much, uh, this began with both guys getting the ring up. Uh, First time, my first time I've ever seen Dalton Castle, so it's very interesting seeing uh, the boys, they call that, I believe, coming out to the ring with them and having a big group of, uh, like, at least eight of them out there with them, it seemed like at one point. Uh, a lot of uh, sideline interferences. This was kind of more of a entertainment match than a wrestling match, as there's a lot of things going on throughout this one. Uh, I should also mention Dalton Castle, a former Ring of Honor champion as well. So uh, this one, uh, these guys... That a little bit of goofiness that beginning we've seen Castle run out of the ring and lead the uh, parade of boys running around the ring at one point before coming in and suit flexing uh, Jericho in the ring. Uh, then at one point we've seen, uh, I should mention what happened at the beginning of the match is Chris Jericho actually wanted to do the ring of honor handshake to begin the match. Uh, Castle would go into his pants, uh, move it around a little bit in there and then pull out a middle finger to flick him off. Uh, then outside the ring we had the boys attacking uh, Jake Hager, which at one point they took his hat off. Jake Hager lost his damn mind because he lost his hat because he said he liked the hat and started beating up all the boys on the outside of the ring. Uh, finally, we would have uh, Jericho finally take advantage, uh, hit the Judas effect, and pick up the win to retain his title. Uh, then after the match, he then up co attacking commentator Ian uh, Retrabino and former Ring of Honor World Champion AEW coach uh, Jerry Lynn. Uh, tried to come to the rescue, uh, but Jerry Lynn would suffer a tombstone power driver onto the Ring of Honor title for his troubles as the Jericho Appreciation Society all stood there uh, and stood tall after all was said and done. So again, more heat built for Chris Jericho taking out the announcer commentator and the former Ring of Honor World Champion, both the Ring of Honor World Champions beating him in this one. Uh, but again, it was uh, it was alright. It was just, didn't seem like it caught my interest too much as little too much goofiness going around at times and maybe it's because I haven't seen uh, Dalton Castle's character before so I was trying to figure out what was going on so maybe other people may enjoy this more than I did and I understand that if you did that's probably fine but I was just kind of confused what was going on from time to time uh, kind of just too much goofiness at my point I know WWE does the exact same thing so that's what almost what they were going for in this I feel like at times uh, but again I'm not the biggest fan when WWE get, tries to go too goofy at times if it's funny and if it seems funny then alright I can live with it but this one just didn't catch my humor in this one. So, again, 
it was an all right match. Outside stuff kind of brought it down a little bit for me. Uh, but again, uh, Chris Jericho continues his storyline of trying to destroy Ring of Honor, taking out now their commentator, saying he wants to get rid of everything from Ring of Honor. And that's exactly what he was doing at the end of this match. So again, good job doing the storytelling on that one. And also the setup uh, announced the match for next week with uh, Garcia going against uh, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, so I, I don't, I, that's what it says on here, at least. I don't know if it's a handicap match or not, but that's all I got uh, for this match is Daniel Garcia facing this one. So I have to look that one up here once again. But uh, either way, there's going to be a match between the Jericho Society and the uh, Combat Club. So we'll see what that leads to here coming up on Dynamite next week, which will also be on a Wednesday, I should mention, as well. Now we'll go to our other title matches on the night, which we had the AEW Interim Women's Championship on the line, which is our second match of the night, which we had Tony Storm versus Akira Ashida in this one, as these two women put on a fantastic match, a very good back-and-forth match. Uh, Shida had quite a bit of times where it looked like she may have possibly picked up the win, but she got a quite a few near falls in this one. Uh, could not put uh, Storm away. Finally, Storm would be able to put this match away in with the Storm Zero and Defender title successfully. Um, this was a very hard-hitting match. Both these women moving quick, hitting hard. It wasn't that long of a match, I would say. I think it was around eight minutes or so. But both these women were hitting each other very physically, uh, beating the living hell of each other, which was I thought that was a pretty good match, and which is seems like a very rare thing sometimes with the women's division. They're either on and off, it seems like. Uh, but this one was very good. Two of the top women in the company going at each other. I do wish that there was a little bit more story built into this one because, again, it was just they were a tag team partner one week and the next week she just got a title defense because she won with the champion. So, again, nothing too much built for this one. Uh, but it was a great match. But after the match, things built up a little more as Britt Baker, uh, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel hit the ring and started attacking uh, both Storm and Sheeta. Uh, then out of nowhere, we heard Soraya's uh, music hit. To come try to save the day, which that was very sloppy as her trying to take out uh, Baker. <laughs> as it seemed like they did, they were just slow with uh, t working with each other. It seemed like, I don't know if it was Soraya, who just kind of was trying to figure, try to lead Baker what to do. And Baker had no clue what she was trying to do until she got thrown in the crowd in a very weird fashion. Uh, then we'd see uh, Rio come out back out, making her return as she had fought off the heels. And she did some uh, pretty good moves <laughs> outside the ring as she went flying around. As well, but again, uh, all right, segment at the beginning as well as again a little sloppy for a look like for Saray and Rio had a couple sloppy points as well. Uh, they did a cool move off the top rope going to the outside, but uh, again, trying to build up these six women here once again. It looks like again, this is probably gonna lead to a six women tag team match next week, would not surprise me. Uh, but again, hopefully, they can kind of do a little bit better with their booking, building up these women. Uh, you got, got six women involved in this, hopefully, they can figure something out where I feel like you have to have somebody pin Storm at some point to set up a title match. I feel like that's the best thing, especially in a six-woman tag team match. Uh, I wouldn't mind a pin at all to kind of set something up. I think that'd be great. But again, we'll have to see what happens here. I'm, I'm going to guess there's going to be a six-woman tag team match uh, next week between these uh, all these women. But again, good match. I thought it was good. Just again, let's get a storyline built around these women so we can get something fully out of it. Uh, we, well, next we'll go to what began the night, the AEW World Trio title as Orange Cassidy and Best Friends, uh, Trent uh, Beretta and Chuck Taylor took on the Death Triangle, which featured uh, the Bastard Pack, uh, Penta El Zero, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, this one pretty much uh, began and 
continue to build the rivalry between these two groups as, of course, last Wednesday, we've seen Orange Cassidy end up beating Pac for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, and Orange Cassidy gets his first title in AEW. Now, Pac looking for revenge in the night, and he looked for it early as he began the match. He fought straight for Cassidy, took him out of the ring, which actually almost cost him the match as Taylor tried to roll him up and got a quick two-count. Uh, this pat match was all over the place. Uh, a lot of great movement by all these men. A lot of great action. A lot of great tag team moves going on in this one. It was all over the place. Uh, the match pretty much got to its ending point where Pac was getting angry once again. Went to go grab the ring hammer like he did on last week on Wednesday. Before Phoenix stopped him. And that's ended up costing the match against Cassidy last week. Because he went to go grab the ring hammer. Got taken away by the ref. And Cassidy had him hitting the, uh, his finisher. The punch. Orange punch. Uh, so this one, Death Triangle stopped him from doing it. That allowed the Lucha Bros and Pack to take advantage and ended up uh, allowing them to get the one, two, three uh, roll up on Taylor to pick up uh, the win. I think the win in this one. I who I think it was Felix who hit the yeah sit down driver. Felix hit on uh, Beretta to pick up the win in this one to allow Death Triangle to pick up the victory. Overall, a great match between all six of these men. I thought it was a fantastic match. Uh, the finishing was a little interesting because it was just a one-man finisher to pick up the win, which you don't really see too often in six-man tag team matches, which, again, I'm okay with because it's different. I'm 100% fine with that. But overall, a great overall match. And again, a lot of people are thinking this is maybe teasing as well the end of Death Triangle pretty soon here as Pac leaning more and more and more to that heel side where the Lucha Bros might have to come to the point where they might have to stop Pac and maybe get in a fight with them at some point. So we'll see if it leads to that at all. But overall, a great uh, trios match uh, here between these two teams. Uh, Death Triangle retains, but again, it looks like some uh, tension is building up between Death Triangle. So we'll see if that leads to something here in the next couple of months or so. But again, great job by both these teams. Uh, great booking throughout this. And we'll see possibly if this could be the end of this rivalry between these two factions. Uh, what is, I think that is about everything that happened on AEW on the night. A uh, couple things that were set up on the night as well. Backstage, uh, an altercation between FTR and Swarp and our glory led to uh, making a match next Wednesday to turn the number one contender for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. So we'll see who will be winning that one and taking on the acclaim here. Probably will be at full gear. So again, FTR versus Swerve and Argoria, you would have to expect FTR is going to win this match uh, and finally have their opportunity to go for the ADW Championships after, God, it seems, I don't know how long it seems like it's been since people won FTR to go for those titles uh, after having now, already having three World Tag Team titles on them right now. Uh, they have to complete the collection of here at some point. Will they do it this early? That's kind of the question, uh, but we will see. But I'm expecting FTR to win that match next week. Also backstage, Jay Lethal and uh, CJ Dutt attacked Darby Allen, uh, bringing a garage door onto his ribs uh, before uh, Lethal would put the figure four leg lock on him. Uh, possibly setting up another match for them here in the next couple weeks as well, as we'll probably have Lethal versus Allen here coming up very soon again. Uh, but I believe that is everything that happened on the show for AEW Dynamite, and it is. So overall, a great show, a good job. Uh, they had to put out the best they could, especially, like I mentioned, going against NBA, NHL, MLB playoffs. Uh, opening, opening night for the NBA, I should mention as well. And also going against their competitor, uh, NXT, which they did end up winning the rating awards. This is what I saw. It was, wasn't by too much. I think AEW had 750,000 people. AEW had 680,000 people. So only about a 6,000 people difference. 
Uh, of course, the uh, age group was a little different for each of them as well. But again, kind of surprised NXT stood in that much with AEW. I thought it was going to be a bigger win for AEW. I, we all knew AEW was going to win. And that one, I fi I figured they would, even though NXT was trying to bring in all their main roster uh, main roster people from WWE down to the show. Uh, but overall, I'd say both shows went very very good. Good to see over 150 1.5 million people watching wrestling instead of watching NBA uh, and all that. So cool to see that as well. Uh, but overall, both shows were great. AW put on a fantastic show. Uh, great to see all these title offenses. Uh, again, John Moxley retained his AEW World Championship due to stop with Hangman and Page. Again, glad to hear he is okay. Nothing too serious with him. Uh, but he will be, he just had a concussion, so he will be back probably within the next, uh, in the next month at some point. Uh, but again, glad to hear he is okay and is all right. Chris Jericho ended up defending his, uh, Ring of Honor World Championships against, uh, Don Castle. We also had an amazing promo by MJF uh, with William Regal. Again, if you have not seen that, I highly recommend you go check that out on YouTube or on AEW's page or any place you could possibly find it. Uh, absolutely incredible promo by MJF. Tony Storm retains her AEW Women's Interim Women's Championship, beating Sheeta, uh, setting up uh, a lot of possible matches here in the future with Britt Breaker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel all attacking her, and then uh, Soraya and Io making her Rio making her return to AEW, so great to see um, her back, and we'll see what this, what this sets up here in the future for the women's division, and the AEW World Trios Championships, Orange Cassidy and Best Friends were able to defeat the Death Triangle, oh, excuse me, Death Triangle was able to beat Orange Cassidy and Best Friends to retain the Trios World Championship. Again, a lot of great matches on the night, a lot of good things happening here, and setting up some more for next week as well, and of course we have our main event uh, for the full gear pay-per-view, MJF taking on John Moxley. Really excited to see that match. Again, I am probably expecting MJF to win that one with everything that's going on with him, and he deserves it, honestly. He has been absolutely incredible, and he deserves to carry this company here for the future. But again, great things happening here at AEW. Can't wait to watch next week's match between FTR and Swerving Our Glory to see their one contender match. Again, suspect FTR to win that match instead of a match between the Acclaim and FTR. That will be a very interesting one to see who the crowd will support on that one. I'd be guessing the Acclaim more than FTR. Uh, that should be a fun match to watch. But a lot of great wrestling on the night, on Tuesday night. Uh, great job by both NXT and AEW on the night, I will say. Uh, but again, AEW put on a great show, and we'll see what kind of everything leads to going into next Wednesday. But that is all the wrestling I have to talk about here today. Thank you guys for joining me. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Cold Talk and like on Facebook, also at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. Other, you can message me questions or topics on the show. You can also tweet with me during the event. I love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Again, the podcasts are available on all major platforms. Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, Apple, uh, Apple uh, Amazon uh, Podcasts, all those major platforms you can check out this podcast on. Uh, coming up this week, uh, coming up on Friday, we will be talking about the NXT Premium Live event happening this weekend. Halloween Havoc. We'll go over all the matches. That one of my predictions for those matches. On Saturday, we'll talk about WWE SmackDown. Sunday, we'll be talking about the Halloween Havoc Premium Live event. My reaction to the show and how I thought everything went. Also on Tuesday, we'll talk about WWE Raw. And I'll also do my sports podcast. So I'll be talking about the MLB playoffs. So around that time, I believe we should be near the end. Or the series that should be over for the MLB Championship Series. We'll be talking about the NBA from the previous week. Which was the opening week this week. Talk about the NFL and college football, NASCAR. They're in the round of 
8 with the race 2 happening uh, on the Sunday. So we'll talk about that race as well. A lot of great things happening in sports so far. So make sure you keep tuning into that podcast to hear my thoughts on what's going on in sports. Then next Wednesday, we'll be talking about NXT and we'll be talking about the NFL. We'll talk about week 8 that week and all the games prior and my predictions for going in for that week as well. And we'll rack back around to Thursday where we'll be talking about AEW. But again, thank you guys for listening to this show. I am your host, Cole Martins, and you guys all... Have a great day.